welcome again to a novel evening. I'm Danny. Uh, you can find me over on Instagram as Blotted Ink Books. And it's another week, another episode. And this time I am joined by Sophia Spires. And her novel, The Call of Cassandra Rose, has been all over the gram. Um, it has such a, firstly, the cover is so like stark, you know, smash glass, rose in the centre, red, black font. Um, it's like quintessential psychological thriller vibes. Um, I'm sure you must have seen this. If you haven't, go out and check it out. If you're a fan of psychological thrillers, if you're, you know, it's, it's spooky season. We're heading into the winter. It's the perfect time for thrillers and creepy stories and the darker side of reads. Uh, if you're into that, this is the one for you. I'm super, super excited to get to chat with her. So come on in. Come and join her novel evening. A massive hello to Sophia. Hello. Hi. Thank How you for having me. Oh, thank you so, so much for coming <laughs> on. And um, you're not just super glamorous. I'm aware oh. of your sweats. And you I'm know, glad. I've had my hair done today. Not not for this occasion. <laughs> but so you know it's audio, right? <laughs> I know. I know. It really was looking like straw because I'd been on holiday and I had blonde hair and it was very straw-like. So um, I've gone back to dark oh, for the, uh, the Halloween season. <laughs> oh, no, that is, there's something really nice when like autumn comes about having like yeah. hair darker and you get in like the swing of it yeah I'm looking at my scarves now and my jackets are coming out and my boots which I've wanted to you know wear for quite a while oh, yeah I do love this season changed like overnight I feel like it was <laughs> summer and then it was cold I do love summer but as soon as you know as we come to the end of September that's it I've actually put my autumn wreath up on my door so this is it officially autumn and spooky season for me in this in, in this household I go mad as well Halloween decorations trick-or-treating I love it <laughs> no we took my children trick-or-treating for the first time last oh. year they were just old enough and I I was a bit kind of skeptical and I thought you know we decorate the house yeah our neighborhood had gone or I don't know if it was because of like post-covid people had really gone all out and it was basically like a street party it was so yeah that's so nice so I think it is post-covid that everyone just any excuse I noticed last year the Christmas lights were coming on in November and I think it just brings joy doesn't it yeah. so decorations and stuff so yeah <laughs> I agree and also speaking about spooky stuff yes <laughs> your novel is a little a little happier it's a little darker we've got kind of a bit of a darker theme going on yeah uh for sure so the call of Cassandra Rose yeah firstly where did this idea come from? I'm sure you've been asked this so many times now, but where did you get this idea? Well, I'm actually a trained hypnotherapist, not a very good one. <laughs> I trained a long time ago and um, it just, when I was doing my training as a diploma, it was a weekend thing for six months, every fortnight I was going in yeah. and um, the tutor was incredible. I mean, you know, this is, it's a powerful tool, hypnotherapy. It can be used like really, I mean, you know, for changing habits and, you know, stopping smoking, anxiety. It's a really incredible tool if you can use it well and you're kosher. But um, there are some people in my um, in my class that, 
it was quite alarming some of the people because the, we weren't vetted it's not it was just a diploma so you walk away after six months after having you know trained you walk away with a certificate and I've always had this idea like what happens if you've got a trained hypnotherapist but isn't all together there or has different intentions you know because mm. I was thinking some of these people are going to be unleashed out into the world and they're going to be treating other people mm. you know so that I mean I think that was an idea from a long time ago but um when I came to you know to writing the book um I've also you know been fascinated with um themes of power and vulnerability and what happens when you have someone at their lowest point you know they they kind of um make wrong judgments sometimes when you're at your lowest point and then someone shows you an act of kindness you kind of grab at it don't you absolutely um, so there's all these different themes that have been running around in my head and I think it just as I started writing the book it kind of not wrote itself I wish it did <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of a lot of edits but um the idea started to kind of evolve but it, it was, I, you know, I've always been fascinated with hypnotherapy. I'm not saying, you know, hypnotherapy does and can work if you have a good practitioner, mm -hmm. good set of skills. I mean, Cassandra Rose is a brilliant practitioner. So, um, you know, she knows what to do with hypnotherapy. But, you know, um, yeah, when I was doing the course, I, I was alarmed with some of the people that, that came out of it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go see them. I wouldn't I mean, want to trust them with my deepest, no. darkest secrets. And you know, but the word you just said there was what I was going to say is trust. Because yeah. it's something where you have to be able to put full trust into that person, whether you're yeah. skeptic or you fully believe what's happening. Yeah. It's still a very intimate situation that you're put into that doesn't... Oh. Hypnotherapy, I mean, trust anyway in any therapy situation. So you go and see your therapist and you have to trust them. So you have to build rapport. But with hypnotherapy specifically, you you can't go in and, um, you know, with your arms crossed, go, no, you can't hypnotize me because you won't be hypnotized. You have to be willing, an open participant. You have to trust the person and you, you have to be... Um, a person that's quite suggestible mm. so that's why like let's if you take stage hypnosis they'll pick those uh you know sometimes they'll say no you can go back down you know they'll pick people on the stage and then they'll send some people back because you can just read from the body language if a subject matter is going to be suggestible or not right. the more suggestible you are and the more willing you are um and the more you trust the the more the more you, you you'll get hypnotized so and, and hypnosis is just stages of deep relaxation until you hit a certain state of mind where you can actually, there have been reports of um, people having operations under hypnosis. Oh I mean, it, it can be that powerful. Um, I don't think they do that now, but I have read about it. There's been a couple of cases of people going under for an operation just with hypnosis. So... Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a fascinating subject. It yeah, really and is. And you can go lots of different places with it. Yeah. And, you know, your main character in it, Annabelle, you know, really relate to her because, she, you know, you're dealing with themes like marriage, motherhood, yeah. things that we all deal with from, you know, day to day. And unfortunately for her, it's, you know, she's struggling and she's yeah. turning to somebody yeah. for help. 
yeah it's such uh I really felt you know when you've got someone in that situation and they're turning someone for help and like we're saying you know you're fully trusting this person you're becoming dependent on them you're becoming you know they're becoming such a part of your life we meet Annabelle really at her you know a really low point in her life so that's how we're introduced to her and I really did want to write about a vulnerable, a broken character from the beginning Um, and and it showing that when someone shows that kindness, like I said, or someone that's reached that reaches out to her, even though at first she's a bit untrusting, in the end, Cassandra kind of fills all these holes for her because she's, um, you know, Annabelle's deeply unhappy in her marriage and she's got problems, she's got childhood issues that are cropping up um she's got repressed memories from something traumatic that happened to her so Cassandra is a way out to help her find this happiness again and a leaflet lands through her door and you know the leaflet says change your life forever and I think Annabelle was so deeply troubled she you know that thought of changing her life you know that was a pivot for her and you know that's why she she rang Cassandra Rose for the help so yeah what do you think it is that kind of caused you about writing these psychological thrillers uh, you know because they do tackle really hard themes yeah what do you think it is that draws you to write these stories I mean I've or I mean I mean you'll see I guess list you might you might be a bit worried <laughs> about me after but um I've always loved, you know, macabre themes, mm-hmm. the darker the better. Um, at the moment, you know, we're watching uh, Dharma's documentary, my God, like that's horrifying, like real life. Are you watching, the, are you watching the, adapt, the adaptation? So the acted dramatic yeah, version? Yeah, yeah, the new. They're bringing, yeah, they're bringing out a documentary that goes alongside oh, it as well. To be honest, I've got like, I've just finished um, Will Carver's book, uh, Psychopaths Anonymous, which is, you know, oh, I'll talk yeah. about that later, but you know, you're, you're with this character character Maeve and you're like you, you shouldn't be liking her but you kind of do and she's a psychopath but then you watch something like Dharma which is real life and it really makes you question how can someone go that low you know it is it's horrifying yeah. and I think I've always been there's always been a fascination there with you know how dark someone can go you know the dark the dark side of of the human nature and I, you know, I've always loved reading literature that that explores the dark mm-hmm. side of human nature. And I guess it was a natural thing for me to go quite dark. And um, at one point, my agent had to rein it in. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe if I've got a few more books under my belt, I might kind of move into horror, which is, you know, I love horror as well. <laughs> You know, I I love true crime. I love true crime documentary. Yeah. I'm also very fascinated by death, by yeah. you know the human psyche, yeah. horror, like jumpy, ghostly. That kind of stuff really terrifies me. Yeah, um, I mean, I love reading horror. I love true crime, like you. But if I can't watch a horror movie on my own, like <laughs> I can't. But um, we rewatched Freddy Krueger actually recently, oh, and I, no. I, my teenage son is starting to get in. He's getting into all these old classic, cult classic films, and you know, I was saying there's like um, 
with Stranger Things, there's a lot of parallels, you know, the last season with Freddy Krueger. And I was saying to my son, you've got to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. It's the scariest thing. This is what I remember from <laughs> when I was younger. We watched it and it was the most hilarious like a horror film it was yeah it wasn't scary at all it's so cheesy now it was so yeah and I was like ready to hide behind my you know uh, my cushion but it it was actually quite cheesy but I I mean I do love horror but I also the feeling it gives me you know sometimes I'm uncomfortable yeah I like that with reading if something makes me feel slightly on edge a little bit uncomfortable um it it makes me think and it makes me feel a bit oh yeah you know (laughs) it gives me a little buzz (laughs) you mentioned very briefly there uh very briefly you mentioned when you've got a few more books under your belt are you working on something else at the moment I've yeah I've just handed in my second book to my agent so um yeah I'm quite excited about that it's uh it's another dark psychological thriller it's called Buried (laughs) this has got a slight um supernatural element to it um and it's it's similar it's it's based in London I'm from London so you know I kind of I'd like to base my books in London but it's a bit kind of it's drawing from kind of gothic kind of horror um elements it's got elements to it um and it's similar to Cassandra Rose where it's dealing with repressed uh buried memories childhood memories and my character who's a bit older and not as naive as Annabelle is she goes back to her old childhood home in Crouch End and then starts to uncover all these buried memories that she's kind of tried to <laughs> forget about. And um, yeah, so I'm quite excited about that book, actually. Yeah. So. Well, congratulations on, on handing that in. That's very yeah. exciting. And I know that gothic, gothic stories, anything with a tinge of horror, you know, people love. Books yeah. Loves. Um, so this sounds awesome I, I mean I love it it is it is a psychological thriller I you know and yeah. I have got a lot more characters to play with so there's yeah. a lot more who's doing what you know there's a lot more of that going on than the first book um but it still has that kind of claustrophobic yeah. feel if you know what I mean so um yeah uh, I've, I, I like broken characters I guess <laughs> what I love is even when something when you say like supernatural it's still dealing with the human psyche it's still yeah. dealing with how you're viewing situations and yeah you're exploring it yeah it's all it's all psychological isn't it well it, anything supernatural like even if you experience it in day to day you will question yourself am I going mad is this me is this my imagination did I hear right did I see right so it's always that kind of element is it me or is there something else out there you know so um, yeah so I kind of explore that theme a little bit more very exciting so <laughs> I feel a little nervous about your novel <laughs> <laughs> that way um, because um, I've had, we've had some you know we've had some darker characters and we've had some you know so <laughs> I thought we should just dive into yours. Well, you're um, going to be quite surprised. They're not all so dark, so. Okay. 
of a mix. Okay. Yeah. Start with where are we going to go for it? Okay. So um, I've thought long and hard about this, and recently, I mean, I think it's because I've turned forty-eight, and I'm just feeling really old. <laughs> but yeah, I'm been... just going to say, this isn't me bashing up. You don't look forty-eight. Thank you. I'm feeling so old. Honestly, my knees. I can't do yoga properly or anything. <laughs> falling apart but um, I'm feeling really nostalgic so I'm actually going to take you back in the time when I was like in my 20s when I was living in East London and I was living near Brick Lane and at the time it, this was before gentrification but it was a really cool it is, is it is a cool place to live um but um I'm going to take you to a curry house on Brick Lane that's where we're going to host the evening and I've chosen this particular curry house. It's because it's where I met my husband. Mm-hmm. And there's something, <laughs> I didn't know him at the time. There was a big group of us. We'd just been to Body World's um, exhibition. It was fascinating. It was very macabre. It was very Victorian. It, it, it was a great exhibition, actually. Um, and there was huge round tables in this curry house. It's like a cafe. It's called Cafe Bengal. Yeah. And the one thing about this this uh, this restaurant or cafe is it's got this huge mural of um, Lady Diana. Like you can see it from the road. And Brick Lane is still there, I swear. Um, and it's a great conversation start. <laughs> and so there was a mix of people. And me and my husband, I didn't know him. We sat side by side and there's this massive painting of Lady Diana so it was like oh look at that you know so it's a great conversation starter so I thought curry house a few beers break the ice Lady Diana on the wall I think that's a great starting point for uh, my misfits of uh... <laughs> I lo- and that also what a way to be able to tell your children that's how you met yeah, I know. We love it. We've been down Brick Lane. We've, we've you know, dragged our kids down Brick Lane going, we met him. Our, ki- our kids don't care. They're like, oh, another story of when, <laughs> when you oh. apparently were cool. And I'm saying this in like, <laughs> You were all cool. Yeah, no, they don't think we're cool at all. <laughs> My so children are quite young, but I've already been told that I'm embarrassing. Oh, yeah, get, get used to it. My ki- I, I've gone on TikTok because apparently it's really good for novelists. Yeah. And um, my son was like, my friends found your TikTok, take everything down. <laughs> okay. He's like, you're, please just stop. It's not for you. You're too old. So, yeah, anyway. Me and TikTok. Oh, oh dearie me. Right. Let's let's get your guests in. They'll think right. you're cool. So let's let's usher in your first guest. Okay, so the, what I'm gonna do is I've thought long and hard. I mean, I had like thousands of guests at one point, but um I'm just gonna talk you through a few books that really inspired me when I was younger mm-hmm. and inspired me making me want to be a writer god one day will I be a writer you know which you know when I grow up kind of thing and the first person I'm going to invite is because this book was just so massive for me um is William Burroughs (laughs) and it's very controversial Uh, Naked Lunch was really controversial it was banned for a couple of years um you know it was it was seen as obscene um but it was the first real introduction for me um into surrealism and then I think the whole thing blew up I don't know if you remember Twin Peaks and David Lynch and I'm yes I, I was a little bit young when it 
yeah but I know it's had a real like yeah so I read Naked Lunch and then they made a film which David Cronenberg's an amazing director he directed The Fly and he's you know it's a real um exploration into his psyche and honestly he was a, a heroin addict so it's it's nothing fancy and it's nothing really pretty but you, he really you you go into his imagination and his kind of dream like state and it's non-linear and it really blew my mind when I was younger because I was like wow you can write like this you know because it, <laughs> it it was just like incredible for me and then the, the you know the movie came out as well and also I was really fascinated with the beat generation Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg, the poet, so that, you know, they were on a cusp of, you know, creating something new. They were kind of rebels, misfits. And at the time, you know, they used literature, it was like really breaking boundaries. So I think that was my first kind of introduction into kind of, wow, like you could use writing as a tool to go anywhere really, you know. So yeah, I would I would like to invite William Burroughs, but um, I'm a bit worried about him. So we'll keep him in a corner. We're just plying with lots of beer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love what you're saying though, is like, you know, it's it's when you discover that there are no real rules to writing. No. Writing can take whatever shape, you know, you want yeah. it to be, really. And I that's so cool. But yeah, maybe we'll just we're, yeah, we have to keep an eye on him. Yeah. So I had to be careful who else to invite because I didn't want it to be end up being like some crazy night where we've got out of control authors. So he's like my wild, he's my wild card. So um, oh, we start off with okay. him. Okay. And then um, my next guest is kind of the polar opposite. And um, this, no this particular novel just blew my mind when I read it and it haunted me for weeks and weeks after and it was The Handmaid's Tale yeah and this is like you know an epic dystopian world I was so immersed in this story and I'd never felt like that before and then you know when you finish a book and you're you can't stop thinking about it. and I don't think a book has ever done that since as as, as like that. much as that and I you know we like when I read it I was just so blown away. I was just like, this woman, it, you know, if I could be, <laughs> not even be like anything like Margaret Atwood, but she is like my hero, like, and she's always been like, she's amazing. So I, I would have to say that that book, particular book at the time really made me think, wow, like this is, it is powerful writing. And what's so powerful with her book is you're in the world, and you're in the head of Offred and you're in this oppressive kind of world and you're feeling everything that's going on, not just reading it. And then um, when you finish the pages, you're haunted by it after. So, yeah, it really made a massive impression. So I'd like to invite um, Margaret Atwood, if that's OK. <laughs> uh, you're not the first person to want yeah. Margaret Atwood for very good reasons. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why they, you know, they've made this series now as well you know, know. it all stands so strong scarily so yeah um, I think they did the series really sensitively as well I thought it was brilliant mm. and there's always a worry isn't there where there's something that you hold from when you're younger and you know how powerful it is and a lot of the time when you have novels and they're adapted into film 
sometimes it can be a real disappointment yeah quite often things are cut aren't they because some things don't translate yeah. well onto screen and but I feel that was done yeah pretty well yeah she was just incredible like she's an incredible writer but The Handmaid's Tale itself as a book is just one of the most incredible books I've ever read I think I don't think there's going to be anything like it ever again um so Margaret Atwood's there perfect and then I was actually um I wasn't sure at the two there was two authors there was two books when I was in my 20s that really had a big influence on me and one was Irving Welsh's Train Spotting. yeah I like love but he's been a bit naughty recently so I was like I mean, Irvin Welsh with William Burroughs I'm not sure how that's gonna mm, go that might be a recipe for a bit of disaster it, exactly but I mean train spotting is iconic and with that book I was like wow you can you know he was writing from like a slang like from Edinburgh and these are working class characters and you know I've, I've got working class roots and it really like opened my eyes to another way of writing like you do have the freedom to have characters that are so like just debauched in some ways you know like the heroine and stuff but like have real voices and strong voices and voices you can still identify with um but um I'm not going with him I'm going to go with Alex Garland and the beach and that was huge for me yeah. Like I was obsessed. I read that book, I think, in a day when it wow. came out. And honestly, what a debut. <laughs> oh God, I know. Like he was young as well. Like he was so young when he wrote the book. And it was it was described as Generation X, which is my generation's yeah. Generations X's Lord of the Flies, you know. It's such an epic story. I think it's a brilliant story, and I think it's a brilliant achievement for a debut. And then the movie came out and the soundtrack and everything to do with the beach. You know, oh, and that was, I mean, Leo DiCaprio at his absolute like peak, wasn't it? That's like, yeah, I was way too young to watch yeah. the film, but we all snuck off to watch it at somebody's <laughs> house because we were like, what's the fuss about? We're like, oh my God, I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> not what I mean, would not have known what to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such a good, it's such a good story. It's a really taught story as well. It's such a, you know, I think Alex Garland did amazing with that 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 book. Like it's it, you know it and it was a big influence. And I think for my generation, I think you know everyone had read it, then everyone went to see the movie. The same with Train Spotting, I guess as well. Yeah, and, and then you've got the too, soundtrack. Yeah, it was too. I think it was just very much like the perfect storm. You know, those books came out. And like you say, they were sort of encompassing a generation. Yeah. Working class slash student kind of age. Like yeah. Peer travels that were kind of really hitting their peak. But also, you yeah. know, drugs were really in the yeah. 90s. Drug, drug culture was mad. Yeah. And then you've got the films that had these, you know, two young, bright thing actors in them that were just yeah. starting their careers. And then you've got the soundtracks that have lasted... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I loved All Saints as well. I don't know if you remember them from the, the beach, but you know, the song The Beach. Oh my God, yeah. I love them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, but it, yeah, so you can tell I'm a bit nostalgic at the moment. So they're my first three guests. Great picks. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, the next guest is, I mean, he's an absolute king, isn't he? And he's he translates from like my early influences right up till now I mean like he 
he's the king of horror is Stephen King. I have to have him there. I love horror. I love everything he's done. Um, and especially the book that's really resonates with me is The Shining. Mm-hmm. And I guess also the movie, because I'm a big fan of Kubrick. And yeah, I think that was again perfectly, it was a match made in heaven, wasn't it? Match right? made in heaven. Um, what a what a book though. Like it really uh, he's he's I mean, Stephen King is incredible, isn't he? I mean, he's so prolific. I haven't read all his books. Oh. I've still got he's got his new fairy tale book out, which I'm like, oh my god, I've got to get this. I can't keep up with how much he's written. Oh, he writes crazy amounts. So I'll I'll tell you a truth here. I read, I started off with a couple of Stephen King's books and I picked really poorly because I read Under yeah. the Dome. Yeah. Um, and I think my review was it's like the Simpsons movie. Yeah. Um, and then I read Sleeping Beauties, which he wrote with his son. And then I read The Outsider, and that was the first time I was like, oh, I yeah, can't the outsider is about here because it was creepy. Yeah. yeah. I spoke to my mum and was like, oh, I've read these. I was like, I don't really get the fuss. Like, I read these. Yeah. And my mum was like, why haven't you read like The Shining? The Shining. And, and I'd say and Misery. Misery. Well. Yeah. Like, my book has slight kind of toned <laughs> misery slight but you know the scariest thing again with misery is the fact that it's it's all the niceties it's all yeah. the, like there's something really terrifying about somebody who loves you that intensely like yeah it's yeah really she's scary. a brilliant character I can't remember her name I know uh, it's Annie Lynch. in the book Annie yeah Annie I think Wilkes yeah Annie Wilkes yeah. yeah she was a nurse wasn't she yes so well done and the film is really brilliant as well as you can tell, I'm a bit of a film buff as well. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? That is their prime examples of when you get a... Di- same with The Beach and same with Train yeah. When you get a director who yes. genuinely loves yeah. the original... You know, and Lord of the Rings, to me, is my all-time favourite adaptation. When yeah. you get a director who adores the work that they're, you know, adapting. Yeah, absolutely. So, and doesn't butcher the, the story yeah. in any way. Literally has respect for the story and gives it, like time to breathe as well so yeah I mean it's incredible and when you want to watch Stephen King and Margaret Atwood chatting yeah <laughs> Stephen King and William Burroughs that'd be interesting wow that is... <laughs> I think Alex Garland might be a little bit quiet <laughs> in the maybe, background maybe um, thoughtful I think he'd be I'll some... chat to him because I want to know yeah. what it's like to have a debut like that because wouldn't that be nice wouldn't it? <laughs> I would yeah I'd love to experience that. Yeah, that would be, my goodness, the pressure after that as well. So I've got two more. Okay, but, you, got, um, you really did pare it down then. Yeah, I have, I've pared it down. But I want to say, just before I get to these two, I had real problems because um, I'm going to like my like modern day now, present yep. day, and I'm talking about influences now as a thriller writer and I am a big thriller fan like I mean I devour my thrillers I'm like what's next what's next you know it's like eating like hungry <laughs> to say it's an addiction and I went to Harrogate which was like my first ever Harrogate wow. gust. and I tell you it was the most incredible experience I was literally in a room full of my heroes I was like chatting to all my hero authors so if I could invite all of them I would we're talking about CJ Tudor, CL Taylor, you know, um, I had met Lisa Jewell. She's wow. just like, she's written 20 books. Uh, Fiona Cummins, I love her. 
and it's it was a real like all these authors that I met at Harrogate I mean I was buzzing you know I was like can I take a selfie can I take it um I had I had to choose two I wanted to choose two from all these incredible authors wow that's that's and a big task but also if you have a separate task. night with them they can I have think night. I would like to invite everyone from Harrogate to this curry house at some point <laughs> I come. I'm, yes, I'm tagging along to that. I'm hoping you'll be there tonight. But um, the person I'm choosing is Katrina Ward because she's just ah. queen. She's queen. And I really thought about the guests that I've got there. And she really basically is the epitome of what I love, which is surrealism, merging like horror but suspense, but she, her books are so immersive and I can't, I can't get enough of the needless street. I was just, my mind was blown. Like, you know, oh, it was dark. she's incredible. She blows my mind. And then I read Sun, you know, Sundial. Sundial? Yeah, it's. What a book. Amazing. Like, you yeah. know, her imagination is out there. You know, and when I grow up one day, I'd like to write like her. Only just like her. <laughs> but no, I would like to invite her because the first time I met her, and I think um, I heard one of your podcasts, you were at the book party. I was there, but oh I didn't know I didn't say hello. There were so many people there. So we also got there. We, I got the time wrong. And then we were also half an hour late from the wrong time. So we were... Right. Um, so by the time we showed up, everyone was kind of mingling. Yeah. Finally, I did see Katrina Ward, but as she was leaving, I couldn't see her. And I'd obviously had a fair, fair bit to drink at this point and decided <laughs> to just pace her through Cabana, grab her. And I just went, I really love your books. I'm really sorry. I know you're leaving. And she, she was so sweet. And she was like, thank you. And gave me this lovely warm hug. And then went on her way. And I was like, oh God, what have I just done? Like, <laughs> You know, I was too nervous to go up to her that night, but I did stop her in Harrogate and said to her, I met you at the book party, but I was too nervous because I was so oh. like starstruck because I'm such a fan. Like I love like her two books. Those I've read um Little Eve as well, which is incredible. I only read that recently. Yeah. Oh, she's an incredible author. So I definitely would like, you know, I need to have a couple of beers down me first. I think to Dutch courage. I mean, that's that. Um, yeah, I would her. love to invite her and pick her brains because I think she she does horror so well, but she's also got the hint of surrealism in her writing, which and I psychological. Love. It's all very psychological yes. based. And she's got it all. She's got it all going on. I love. You know, I'm a big fan. Hundred percent. Hundred percent agree. Um, and I would love to see one of her books like adapted mm. into a series or a film. I don't know if he would have needed on. Kubrick. That's what. Can you imagine? Yeah. Stanley Kubrick could have got hold of. Yeah. Yeah. You need world. someone that's out there. Yeah. That would understand. Um, and my final guest, actually, I've met um, a couple of times and she's actually quite local to me. And oh. I follow her Instagram and her Twitter and I love everything she's written. Um, I'm waiting to read her next book uh, soon. It's on my uh, my to be read pile. It's Erin Kelly. I love her so much. And oh. she makes me laugh so much. I don't know if you follow her. I do. I do. Instagram. She's the driest humour ever. She is, and she's so funny in real life as well. So when I met her the second time, it was at Harrogate. I was like, you just crack me up. Like, so 
I'd like to invite her and I'd like her to sit next to me just so She'd have a bit of levity, for sure. <laughs> She'd make, you know, if it seems again a little heavy with some of the other guests, looking <laughs> yeah. at she brings some levity. Yeah, no, I lo- I do love Erin Kelly. I think everything she writes, she's just, she writes so beautifully. Yeah. I think, and her character, is her characterizations like, uh, she, she just, you're immersed in these characters. You're so invested in like their lives. Um, he said she said is like one of the best books I've read and her first book Poison Tree the Poison Tree is such an incredible debut I think she's brilliant I love her so and I've seen her around my local area I'm not 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 come stalker but I've been in my car oh my god yeah when I'm in a hedge and I can just see her (laughs) so when I met her because she she did the Barnet um festival and um, I met her and CJ Tudor for the first time I was literally like a big fan going hi (laughs) I love you both um but I was saying (laughs) she's um one of her books that she wrote is um opposite where I live which is an old mental asylum in the area where I live so um yeah (laughs) we've got a sorry you live opposite an old mental asylum yeah it's a block it's actually luxury flats now and they used to be like old like um b star celebrities or whatever you know like um reality star celebrities they all live in this how is this now. not a book how is the well, old she, mental asylum still with celebrities yeah. um what was it she changed the name it was called oh i can't remember now i've got it somewhere i've got the original book oh. it was the mother oh i can't remember he knows she knows I think it changed too oh. I think they changed the title she was really upset that they changed the title but the original title was called Mother Earth or something like that I can't remember but um, I mean yeah like, she's written about that yeah that. celebrities living in an old I mean it's quite creepy my auntie had a flat there years and years ago and I tell you in the old block it's quite sinister and you walk along the corridors it, it's not it's got a really dark history actually which oh, I'm not going to go oh. into now because that's a whole other story oh well <laughs> I'm gonna next time I'm in London I'm gonna hit you up and be like I want to know everything yeah go <laughs> to the cafe pilot. opposite and I can tell you all about its dark history <laughs> Word. so the other question that I ask everybody and this yeah. is, seems to be a harder one is there anyone you don't want to show up well um, I have mentioned this um, already, but I, I, I've just read Psychopaths Anonymous, and to be honest, it would be a character, the, the main character in that, Maeve, she is so dark, she's so twisted, Will Carver, I mean, he's a genius, writing, yeah. you know, <laughs> about a serial killer in such a, <laughs> not, it's, not, it's not even in a sensitive way, it's quite a brutal way, but you're kind of going along with it. Which is the weirdest thing, because this is, you know, you know it's fiction, so it's safe. Like when you're watching the, you know, the Dharma documentary, you know this is real life, so you're feeling a bit, your skin is crawling. But no, I would, I, she's definitely not invited, because I think she'll end up murdering us all. <laughs> Have you ever read the uh, the Sweet Pea books? No. As well. I highly, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of the author. I will message you the name of the author. Yeah. But, um sweet pea is is the the nickname she's given this this main character rihanna and again she's she's a serial killer yeah 
Um, but she, her commentary is all told through like her perspective, and she is rude and crude. And oh, I would love this. Yeah, she's she's, <laughs> she's pretty repugnant in some ways. <laughs> she's quite moral in who she kills, and the fun part of it is Rihanna want, wants to kill everybody. You know, yeah. from the the person in Tesco's who's like packed her shopping and is looking at her yeah. back, like a child in a buggy that's like picking his nose. <laughs> she's very moral in who she is a bit kind of dexter-esque in that yeah i like that yeah there's three books he really is if you're gonna kill then make sure the people that you're killing are worse off than you then that way your reader will be a bit more sympathetic that's why dexter works in a way i think you know there's there's a psychology behind that yeah i highly recommend them and again she's the uh a psychopath that you're like Oh, I really shouldn't, but I kind of like you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very I, difficult. Yeah, psychopaths, yeah, they're not welcome, actually, at the, the dinner party. No, no, no psychopaths no Patrick the curry Bateman. house. Yeah. <laughs> I think the curry house has got enough, um, yeah. So yeah. that's that's my evening, really. Wow. Thank you very much. I will safely say this is unlike anything we've had um but i love it because i love your reasons i love <laughs> for the setting for who's coming um very well thought out so thank you i really you know like i said i, I was going to invite the whole world really but basically the whole of harrogate and everyone from i mean that's who do you choose but um i thought about i have been very nostalgic recently so um i wanted to go back to what yeah. inspired me oh thank you thank you so much for sharing and before i let you go and uh finish off your your glass of wine i haven't um, even had a drink so cheers cheers. you need to after that what a whirlwind i ask everybody who comes on if they're reading anything at the moment well, I am actually, um, I'm just looking over at my pile. I'm nearly finished His and Hers with Alice Feeney. Oh, I've just recently yeah. discovered her, actually. Um, I read Rock, Paper, Scissors, and I was like, oh, my God, she's brilliant. Like, the twi- her twists, um, she's a brilliant thriller. Um, her new uh, one that is, I was very lucky to get an arc of Daisy Darker. Oh, I want to read Ooh. that. That looks great. And I love the, I love the front cover as well. Oh, the setting, everything. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of the film Knives Out. <sighs> kind of a little, yes. kind of, very vaguely, but very yeah. vibes. But yeah. I, say no more you have to read it to experience oh definitely I, I'm a big fan of her actually and then I've got I'm looking over it's actually Will Carver's a new one as well that I've discovered I think yeah um I read um the Beresford which is again he's he's so surreal horror but with surrealism um I remember which one of his it was I read but it was so so good but it was very odd I think it was told by the perspective of death yeah is it the Beresford it no, it was called Hint- it was the Landlady. Second one. Ah. Called Hinton Hollow Death Trip. Oh, I haven't read that. It oh, was, read- yeah. Oh, it's it's told by evil. So it's five oh, days in the small rural town infected by darkness is recounted by evil itself. That's oh, that sounds brilliant. I'm gonna read that. Well, I've got basically Will Carver's The Dave's Next Door, which is the most Ooh. bizarrest title so yeah <laughs> that's gonna be next after Alice Feeney and then I'll probably um hit airing I mean my list is so long I wish I could read quicker I'm such a slow reader that's the other problem like oh. I, 
Uh, yeah, I feel I feel that problem. I've had a very slow month. My books are just piling up like staring. I know, isn't that? It's a good problem to have, isn't it? <laughs> there are worse problems in the world than having too many books. To I know, read. too many books. Darling. Oh, I know. But thank you. This has honestly been such a joy. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Danny. Honestly, it's, it's always nice to meet a, a fellow murder buff. So, <laughs> yeah, don't think badly of me. I'm really no, nice person. not at all. Not. <laughs> whatever my friends especially in the school run it's so funny because they're always like if there's ever like a murder thing or there's like they're yeah. like you've seen this they're like danny will have seen it all she does is watch yeah it. that's so cool oh, oh you must go. did you go to harrogate this year? i didn't because that's a great place to literally talk i've basically got capital crime fomo at the moment because everyone's there and yeah. i'm too busy i haven't bought tickets but you should go harrogate because all you do is talk about murder for the whole weekend and it's good fun with loads of other writers and, <laughs> and murder nobody judges you for it it's fantastic yeah, you're not judged <laughs> well, thank you so so much um, it's been an absolute joy oh thank you so much danny thank you Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.